Hi, it's Pete Norstead here, and welcome to another Trade on Sports and Focused on Football betting podcast. And as usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Peter. How was your turkey on Saturday? Yeah, not 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 too bad, but I mean, as far as football is concerned, it's been terrible. What are, well, we made these. He had, he had his dad over. He was, we were going to go to Peterborough on the Sunday, uh, Boxing Day, but that goal got cancelled. So he, 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 I think he spent some money on his ticket there. Then we, we got some tickets for Kings Lynn versus uh, Notts County, driving towards Kings Lynn. And as you're getting into Kings Lynn, you could see the rain was coming down. And I did say, you know, I, I you know, you know what's going to happen here. This game's going to get cancelled because of you know weather, and it was. So. Oh, we're, you know, I felt sorry for the people from Nottingham though that came down because that's a yeah. It was a real sort of Christmas story. You travelling around trying to find a home for football, mate. <laughs> so did you see any games then? No, no. I mean, even the local team Spalding yesterday didn't play. I think Stamford played, but uh, yeah, it's oh, crazy. Right. Peterborough Sports even made that, but the, the weather at the moment is terrible as well, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just looking out now and uh, over Lincoln Cathedral and it's slamming it down. We could have done with this weather out in Melbourne, Pete, for five days. Save <laughs> that humiliation in the cricket. But uh, we'll, I'll save that for a cricket podcast. My rant on Joe Root and Co. Right. Uh, well, we've got... We, well, it seems we've got a, a, a lot of games, eight games this time. So... You know, we're slowly getting there. Uh, just for listeners to let them know, we will be back Friday with a podcast for the New Year and Sunday and Monday games. So, anyway, let's uh, get on with it. And then this afternoon, Crystal Palace against Norwich. Uh, Palace won this fixture 2-0 the last time the two seat, uh, sides met at uh, Sellers Park. At home to bottom sides, six sides. Palace's record is not brilliant, really. 1-3, drawn four, lost three. Can offer 3-0 defeat uh, away at Spurs. Norwich away at mid-table sides. 1-1, one, one, drawn two, lost seven, of which five of the seven defeats were by two or more goals. They're coming off a 5-0 defeat uh, at home to Arsenal. Palace... Only one loss at home this season. Norwich, they've lost their last four, scoring naught, conceding 11. Mid-table against bottom six sides, 249 matches in the last five seasons. 73 times the home side won by two or more. 63 they won by one and 113 of the 249. The away side covered the handicap. My ratings, when it was minus one, was suggesting some slight value, Norwich, which I was quite surprised by. I don't see any value in the line, really, to be honest. But I would not be backing Norwich. <laughs> I am, Peter. You'll think I'm crazy, I know. I mean, as you say, Pete, this line opened minus one. And probably unsurprisingly, money has come for Norwich or looking at the alternative way against Palace. Now, when I first looked into this, I thought, well, you know, that's probably just, you know, the market sensing that our Palace really a side that you can trust to lay a full goal, even though they've become a little bit more attractive and a little bit more expansive under Patrick Vieira. And Norwich have won just two of 27 games away in Premier League action, scored in just two of their eight away games this season. But there's one defining factor here, Pete, and... I think people who know the, the team news will be ahead of this because they know my love of this particular player. <coughs> so many times we talk about Wilfred Zahar and his importance to Palace. He's suspended today after getting sent off at the weekend. Now, 
here are the numbers. I've been digging into it, Pete. With Zahar in the side, Palace averaged 1.31 points per game at home and only 0.69 points without him. So that's 0.62 less. If you drill down even further against bottom half teams, the stats are even starker. With him in the side, they average 1.78 points per game at home and only 0.67 without him. And what, why is that? Why do we think against the weaker sides he is such a influential player? Well, clearly teams really sit off them. Palace will have far more of the ball in attacking areas against the weaker opposition. All it takes normally in these sorts of games is one little bit of magic. And Zahar is by far Palace's best creative player. With him in the side, they're really dangerous. Without him, it's a much more laboured struggle to get the points, Pete. So, you know, we're looking at 1.11 points per game is the difference in this spot between Zahar playing and Zahar not. Even though this line's trended down to minus three quarters, I'm going to take Norwich. The faint-hearted might want to buy that quarter of a goal. I think I know you can get Norwich plus one at 1.70. That may be a play for people if they're slightly concerned about Norwich's abysmal away form. But I'm going to take Norwich plus three quarters here, mate. Wow, I can't believe that is a big in it. I can't believe those stats. That's yeah, and, and this is, and we're not just talking about, you know, sometimes you hear these stats and it's like, well, in the last 10 games or in the last six games, Zahar's been there a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to be honest, he's had quite a few injuries. So we, we've had prolonged periods of time where these stats have built up to such a level that you can sort of, you can use them with some level of confidence. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take the Canaries here. Southampton Spurs next. Uh, recent head-to-head, Southampton are one-two. Spurs are one-two. There's been one draw at home to top six sides. Southampton's records looking used to be good in, uh, recently. They've won four, drawn five, lost one, come off a very good three-two victory away at West Ham. Spurs away at mid-table sides, one-one, drawn four, lost five. Coming off that previous dimension, three-nil victory at home to Palace. Southampton only lost one. <coughs> Sorry, Southampton only lost one at home this season. Spurs won four of their last five Premier League matches. I think this is going to be a quite fairly tight game. Uh, mid-table against top six, uh, last five seasons, 112 times the home side have covered the handicap, 115 times the away side have covered the handicap. I think that sums it all up. I don't see any value in the line. Do you know what, Pete? I didn't realise until I run the numbers on this game, and very quietly, Spurs haven't lost under Conte, have they? No, they're doing well. Yeah, they've, they've won four, drawn two. And maybe it's because they've had quite a few games postponed that, you, that they've kind of fallen off the radar a little. And when you look at it, they're sitting fifth place. And they've got at least one and some teams two games in hand against them. And they're above West Ham, Man United, Wolves, all teams who, you know, maybe Man United apart. But I will wax lyrical at times about Wolves. I'll talk highly of West Ham. Yet here Spurs are, and the general perception is quite a negative one of them. Yet they're, they're higher than them. And now, last five seasons, Southampton have gone 11, 11, 27 against top half finishing sides. So they're winning less than half of the games in this spot. The line is minus a half. Spurs have, you know, scored twice or more in each of their last five Premier League outings. 
I mean, I know they won last time out at West Ham, Pete, but, you know, Southampton did. But for, for me, this game is Spurs or pass. I might pass on it because of the heavy festive schedule and the fact that they're, they're, they've had the training disrupted to a certain degree over the last few weeks. Asking them to put in plenty of performances in a short space of time is quite difficult. But Zahar was sent off relatively early in that game. So they cruised through the second half. So it's definitely Tottenham or pass for me. Watford West Ham next. Uh, recent head to heads, Watford a one one. There's been one draw. West Ham a one two. At home to top half sides. Watford's record's not too bad actually. One four drawn, two lost four. Cough a two one defeat away at uh, Brentford, which seems a long time ago now. West Ham away at bottom six sides. One six drawn, three lost one. That's a good record coming from three two victory at home to Southampton. Watford they've lost six in the last seven. West Ham, though, only one point from their last four. Bottom six against top half, 320 matches, 84 uh, home wins, 72 draws, 164 away wins. My ratings are suggesting there's some good value, West Ham. I can only assume that the price is, is either some team news or, or that's, you know, Watford have had rest. That's the only way I can see that. This is, I think West Ham are good value here. Well, yeah, and I think you sum it up quite well there. This is this line is purely based on rest. The stats on performance levels um, between sort of a team playing on two nights rest and three nights rest are ridiculously stacked in favour of the team having three nights rest. Well, I mean, how many nights rest of Watford have? But they've had six or seven. So this is a big ask for West Ham for me. I would probably think this line should be scratch. I think it's, you know, really stacked up against West Ham taking all three points here. That said, I'm not going to go against them because we know what David Moyes can do in terms of engendering a spirit of the world is against us and we can summon up a performance. And clearly, you know, we're 18 games into the season and West Ham are 15 points better off than Watford. They're clearly the much better squad of players. The other thing that would concern me if I was looking to back Watford on this plus quarter of a goal line is that they don't really like draws. I mean, they've drawn just one of their opening 16 games. And I think if they're going to try and stay in the Premier League for another season, they're going to have to try and find a way to grind out gritty points rather than going gung-ho and either losing it or winning it. Because I think they need to be a little bit more resilient. But yeah, this is a tough game for me, Pete, based purely on that extra rest for Watford. Right, uh, next up, uh, Leicester-Liverpool. Uh, recent head-to-heads have been mixed. Leicester have won two, Liverpool have won three. At home to top six sides, Leicester's record reads 1-2, drawn two, lost six. Four of the six defeats were by two or more goals, coming from an exciting 6-3 defeat away at Man City. Liverpool uh, away at mid-table sides, 1-5, drawn four, lost one, of which three of the five victories were by two or more goals. Come for two all draw away at Spurs. Leicester, they've only lost three at home this season, but those were against Chelsea, Arsenal and Man City. They didn't score and they conceded six. Liverpool, good, good. They're, you know, they've uh, 19 points from the last 21 available. Uh, so they're in some good form at the moment. Mid-table at home to top six size, 227 matches, 161 times the home side have covered the handicap, 60-60 away. Good value, Leicester. I thought this on Saturday. They didn't think, but I'm going to go with them again. Plus one and a half goals, Leicester. It, it, yeah. it, it's good good value, I think. It is, but again, we're getting into this Liverpool have had extra rest sort of scenario. 
Um, they're clearly going to be able to field uh, a far stronger side today than they would have been able to do if they'd have played on Sunday as well. The line opened one and a quarter. In some ways, I'm delighted that Leicester conceded six against Man City because it gets you better value on Leicester. Obviously, the extra rest factor for Liverpool has helped drive this up. And the interesting thing for me, Pete, here is that Jamie Vardy sat on the bench for Leicester away to Man City. We know how dangerous he is in certain sort of games, especially away from home where they can play on the break. And it's it sort of like posed an interesting thought for me at the moment. Yes, we talk about managers looking to plan ahead and trying to spread the resources over games. But with COVID so virulent and causing issues, should managers really be doing that, Pete? Do you think? No, it's... it's... If your best players are available on a certain day, do you take the chance and rest them and then they catch COVID and then they miss another two well, or three I, 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 you, you, But you have to question, though, how many of these players are actually getting COVID, though, don't you? This is, this is the thing with, you know, this is, I can't believe that so many of them in these smallish squads have got it. It's well, ridiculous, they, you know. Clearly not sort of doing as much as they can to keep away from each other. Now, I know in, in my workplace, if I was in my workplace, there'd be strong protocols in place. Um, changing rooms, yeah. travel is, is is different and difficult. But you would think that these... We're not talking like the size of Lincoln's changing rooms or Lincoln's resources in terms of travelling to away games. They should be hiring two or three buses because these are business decisions now. And all of a sudden, Chelsea and certain teams are, are, are squealing about how it's unfair that they're being made to play. Well, you know, we all know it's a virus that's difficult to sort of gauge how it's being transmitted. But you, you should be putting more procedures in place, shouldn't you? Yeah, well, you'd have thought so. You'd have thought so. I mean, I, and I believe that they have been put in place, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're a conspiracy theorist here saying some of these aren't real sort of positive tests. Yeah, well, there's got to be some, there's something. There is, yes, there's got to be. There's got to be something. There's something. It's not right, is it? it, it well, I alluded right. to it. it I alluded right. to it the other day in terms of, you know, the teams who didn't play Boxing Day, their opponents on this week, this set of games may suddenly get a few tests. Yeah, yeah. a little bit conspiracy theorist, but... You know, it's a business that they should be doing their best to try and make their players as safe as possible so they can play games and not be depleted. I mean, I I think it's a bit strange. The likes of Vardy being left out for games when they are, in inverted commas, fully fit and able to play. If Jamie Vardy caught COVID yesterday, he's now going to be out for another couple of games so that they do without a player for a long time. So it is a bit of a risk at the moment, shuffling your pack. That said, Pete, Clearly, if I was going to bet this game, it would be Leicester plus one and a half. Interestingly, over three and a half goals, line open three and a quarter, trended to three and a half. It's actually gone four and one in the last five meetings of the sides on this ground. We know Liverpool are a little bit short defensively. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw an action-packed game with lots of goals. Chelsea, Brighton next. Uh, Chelsea have had the better. They've won three, drawn one, lost none. In fact, goals scored. They scored seven. Brighton not scored. Home to mid-table size. Chelsea's record reads one, three, drawn five, lost two. All three of the victories were by two or more goals. They come off a three-one victory away at Villa. Brighton away at top six size. One, three, drawn three, lost four. 
uh, with only two of the four losing by two or more goals. They're coming off a 2-0 victory at home to Brentford. Good win, that is, for Brighton. Chelsea drawn three of their last four home matches, which we've capitalised on. Um, Brighton lost uh, just one away. Top six against mid-table size, 234 matches, 63 times the, the home side have won by two or more goals, 50 by one, 121 times of two, three, four. The uh, away side have covered the handicap. I'm going to go Brighton here. Bill, I can't believe this. Plus one and a quarter, and that's going to be a bet. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> that, that does surprise me a little. I mean, the fact that they failed to score... Uh, in West London against Chelsea in the four visits to Stamford Bridge does concern me. My other worry here about supporting Brighton is the fact that they travel to Everton on the 2nd of January. That will be seen by Graham Potter as a very winnable game. So if he has any sort of issues with players, um, he will be sort of you know mindful of that game Yes, they have an extra day's rest because this game isn't played until Wednesday night. And and I have to say, Pete, in terms of when you look at Brighton from a defensive standpoint, they've conceded eight goals less than Man United, seven less than West Ham, two less than Spurs, six less than Chelsea, uh, sorry, six less than Arsenal, and only two more than Liverpool. They're a very difficult side to break down. And at this stage of the season, we do talk about teams not wanting to exert themselves once they get ahead. You quite easily see, even if Chelsea win this game, it might only be by a single goal. So I'm not going to go in with Chelsea. Um, and I wouldn't dissuade anybody from, uh, from taking a bit of Brighton. Right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Brentford uh, against Manchester City. Um, Brentford's home record, they've won three, drawn one, lost four. None of the four defeats were by three or more goals. They're coming off a 2-0 defeat away at Brighton. City, um, uh, they're away at um, mid-table size. One seven, drawn three, lost naught. None of the seven were by three or more goals. Coming off a 6-3 victory at home to Leicester. Brentford mixed uh, recent form is mixed. One, two, drawn two, lost two. City, they've won their last uh, nine and indeed in their last three matches they've scored 17 and only conceded three. Mid-table against top six sides last five seasons, 227 matches, 161 times the home side have covered the handicap, 34 pushes and only 32 the away side. Again, good value the home side here. Well, I can't make up my mind, Pete, if it's really good value, Brentford plus two, or whether Man City will probably win this 6-0. And that's the problem I have. And, and the, the one thing that concerns me when I've drilled down into this isn't the fact Brentford's recent results and the fact that they've tailed off slightly. They've conceded twice or more in seven of the last nine Premier League games and they've kept just one clean sheet. And early on in the season... They were solid. They were difficult to break down. But they've been conceding a lot of goals to below-average opponents in the likes of Newcastle and Burnley. And that really worries me because Man City, we often talk about teams not stepping on the gas when they're, they're winning. But sometimes when you're a team like City, you naturally have the ball in your opponent's half anyway. So you can just play keep ball and probe and push away. And they could quite easily win this game 3 or 4-0 at a counter. And that's what stops me from even thinking about backing Brentford here, mate. 
Right. Uh, next up, uh, Everton against Newcastle. In you know, minus three quarters the handicap here. Um, recent heads: Everton have won one. There's been two draws. Newcastle have won one. At home to bottom six sides, Everton's record is one three draw, naught lost seven. Uh, two of the uh, three uh, victories were by two or more goals. Come off a one all draw away at Chelsea. Newcastle away at bottom half sides, one two drawn three, lost five. Four of the five uh, defeats were by two or more goals. Coming off a, a good one all draw at home to uh, Manchester United, so both sides have had reasonable draws uh, in the last few weeks. In uh, Everton, they've only won one of their last eleven, as we know. Newcastle only won one match all season. Bottom half against bottom six sides, two hundred ninety seven matches. 75 times the home side are won by two goals, 77 by one, 145 to 297. The away side have covered the handicap. I don't see any value in the line. I would love to back Newcastle plus three quarters, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that line's moved purely on the fact that at this rate, um, I think Eddie Howe will be getting a signing on for around to Kevin Keegan's house because they won't have any forwards. Last night, Maximam and Wilson gained injuries. So I literally am at a loss as to who Newcastle might have up front. Now, Everton's form this season hasn't really been good enough to justify them being favoured by three quarters of a goal against anybody. But I do think that line move has come purely based on those two injuries. Everton currently sit in the bottom six. So are they a bottom six side? Well, if they do... If they do finish in the bottom six, bottom six sides only win 40, 46% of games on home soil against fellow bottom six sides. So the raw numbers suggest minus three quarters, Newcastle is the play. But those injuries, Pete, they're, they're just two big, big players that Newcastle don't have at their disposal. And for that reason alone, I can't back them. Uh, Man United, Burnley, finally. Uh, United have won one. In fact, I was surprised that these head to head. United have won Incredible one. Record. Yeah, Incredible Burnley record. drawn three and won one. So, you know, four of the last five, Burnley have come away with something. United uh, at home to bottom six sides, one seven drawn, two lost one. Five of the seven victories were by uh, two or more goals. Coming for one old draw away at Newcastle. Burnley away at top six, uh, sorry, top half sides, one two drawn, two lost six. All six were by two or more goals got a nil-nil uh, draw at home to West Ham United they've won their last two home matches Burnley though they've only lost one of the, just lost one of their last seven so they're in some reasonable form at the moment and you know despite their, their you know their form against uh, top half sides you know they've been fairly resilient recently top half against bottom six sides 311 matches 115 the home side are won by two 73 they've won by one 123 the away side have covered the handicap I think there's some reasonable value Burnley but I'm not going to go with it just doing a quick sort of a sum up there of this league, Pete. And you talk about sort of teams being difficult to break down. I think Burnley have conceded seventh least amount of goals in this league. I mean, they've, they've conceded four times less than United. And they've avoided defeating four of the last five trips to this round. And as we touched on, it, in some ways, it's one of the most amazing run of results in Premier League history, given the difference in the club's perceived statures. So United have had three games now under the new boss. They've played Newcastle, Norwich and Palace. They've scored just once in each of those games. 
Sean Dyche has got a proven record of performing well at Old Trafford. And we now have a man in charge at United who is possibly a little bit more pragmatic, probably won't want them to be as expansive and will have them a high press. You know, they'll probably look to grind out results in these opening weeks as he imprints his style of play on them. I do think Burnley are a decent bet here, Pete, plus one and a quarter. I would be greedy, though. I'd need one and a half. Whether we get it, this is the last game of the week. You might get it, depending on how the other results go. If a lot of the favourites win, you might see a lot of money come from Man United. So I'm going to hold out. If I can get plus one and a half on Burnley at any sort of decent sort of market price, I will take it. I think there's four games here that, 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 that well, I think Burnley offers some reasonable value away at Man United, but I think there's four games where I think the value is good. West Ham away at Watford, uh, Leicester at home to Liverpool, Brighton away at Chelsea and Brentford at home to Manchester City. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go Bright. Brighton is definitely a bet. And I, and I think I'm going to follow that up with uh, Leicester at home to Liverpool. I think, you know, two goals, you know, like I said, but West Ham away at Watford, I'm, I'm perplexed by that. But it's just it's the rest issue, I suppose. Would you would you rather take them outright at thirteen to ten than trust them minus a quarter? Yes, it's got to be a, it's got to be a reasonable bet, hasn't it? I mean, as, as as I mentioned, sort of Moyes will have that sort of everybody's against us, the world's unfair, we're having to play on two nights rest. Watford have had all this extra time to prepare. If you wanted a manager to handpick a manager to to put in a dressing room to instill that sort of mentality in a team, then Moyes is certainly the man for the job. I'm just going to take one bet, Pete, and I'm going to take Norwich plus three quarters uh, away at Palace without Wilfred Sahar. Uh, if you if you're a little bit more faint-hearted, you can take one point seven seven to ten on uh, Norwich plus the full goal. But give me the plus three quarters around the even money mark. Right, we shall be back then on uh, Friday, and uh, yeah, have, hopefully you'll have a good week. Mid, mid- oh, crime and get me tongue tied. Hopefully you have a good midweek. <laughs> Best of luck, everybody.